1: These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com.
2: And welcome in to Mackie and Judd. Phil out today, at least for part one. He will appear in part two through the magic of what Declan Goff, executive producer, can do. Uh, Phil traveling the past couple of weeks with a bunch of corporate stuff, so uh, unable to join uh, part one of today's episode. Uh, But, Declan, it is very exciting, because last night I went to the Twins game, Mm -hmm. but I wasn't focused on the Twins game. You weren't? I had the Vikings roster in front of me. Oh, my God. And the depth chart. Oh, my God. And I was watching the game. I was scoring it, so I was paying attention. Mm -hmm. But my primary focus was to put out, to come up with my first edition of, with a bunch of practices done, and one game. My preliminary fifty three man roster. I don't football. know if you have the football sound. I, I, I don't but I have a I have a woo okay, and, and I have football. a I have a
3: explosion.
2: No I don't. I have the woo. No, okay. Woo. That's fine. I have the woo. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with the woo. The fact is though that we are drawing closer there because of the new system. There's only two preseason games left and I believe that this is the final official week of training camp in, in which the Vikings Off on Monday. Somewhat surprisingly, off on Tuesday. We're obviously recording this on Tuesday. Um, And then joint practices Wednesday and Thursday morning with San Francisco, which will be important. Off Friday in a game, preseason game two, only home game Saturday. So... Fifty-three man roster, my man. All right, all right. I'm ready for this. Let's, let's. I can't believe you
3: just carved out the time to do this during the Twins game. A great Twins, a great ending, a great turn by Tim Beckham and Carlos Correa to to walk the plank. A hell of a three-six-three.
2: Three. I was
3: uh, talking with our buddy Patrick Royce earlier this morning, and he he was ready to have to uh, downplay his Jorge Lopez mania, but but Tim Beckham bailed him out and got a big double play, so that helped.
2: Tim Beckham, four hundred plus games, four hundred plus big mm-hmm. league games. Yeah, number one pick. Thirteen at first base, only ten starts, and yep. he executed a three-six-three, which, by the way, is hard. probably it's probably one of the most underrated hard plays. Yes, I agree with, with you. perfection. Good yep. for Tim
3: Beckham. All right, let's get the football here. Let's. Uh, let, let, I want to see this fifty-three man roster I got in front of me. I have numerous questions, just like I'm sure our listeners will. All but, right, Judd. When, you know, actually, I know you're at the Twins game. But then, when you came home, you had that purple Surly shirt on. But then, when you when you kind of meditated after this fifty three man roster, was there a, was there something
2: you lit? Was there some type of candle that of got lit. you in the purple mood? You'd be talking about Judd's purple positivity candle. You are exactly right, Dex. From our friends at Spiral Light Candles, who, by the way, make a really cool candle because. Okay. I'm going to show you this. You light it here, okay? Yeah, right. And it burns, of course, okay. in a spiral fashion. So. Yep. And then if you look, there's another wick at the bottom, which burns for a long time. And I'm going to tell you right now, the aroma, the scent puts you at ease. And when it comes to the purple positivity candle, we're talking about a candle that you can enjoy during Vikings games. Because you know what, Dex? I'm sure, that like most fans, you're pacing, you're swearing, you're upset, or you're yes. uh, jubilant, right? What do you need? You need to relax. You need a candle that not only looks great, but also smells great. And that is what what you'll get with uh, Judd's Purple Positivity Candle. Of course, there are a ton of options here, too. So it's not just this one. There are a ton of options. All of them are very cool. And it's this simple, SpiralLightCandles.com. SpiralLightCandles.com. Make sure, September 11th. When the Vikings are playing what promises to be a probably a very close game, a tough game against the Packers, and the stress is high, that you have one of Judd's purple positivity candles burning to help you ease your mind.
3: All right, a 53-man roster. You have 26 players on offense. I believe 24 on defense. Of course, you have your three special teams players. Let's start with the juiciest topic here, Judd. So you have two quarterbacks being kept. I know this will shock you. Kirk Cousins is one of them. Mm-hmm. and then you elected to keep Kellen Mond over Sean Mannion your decision to keep Kellen Mond as the QB2 on the 53 man roster backing
2: up Kirk Cousins so i decided that i wasn't going i was not going to get too cute here Dex. Okay. and so i am i decided to as i explained in this entire um depth chart or 53 man roster can be found at our website scorenorth.com what i decided to do was work within the confines of the current construction because like I, I believe that the Vikings should go out and get a QB2. Now, that very well could make Mond QB3. Um, just for reference points, the Rams, who KOC was the OC four last year, kept out of training camp three. So, so I think that there is a chance that the Vikings will have a, a third. Um, and Kellen Mond, I really do believe, is a project. Sean Mannion's not. And look, Sean Mannion, like we saw it against the Packers in Green Bay. Mm -hmm. Sean Mannion, if you put him in, is, I'm sure he's a great guy. So I'm not trying to be mean here. But for the purposes of trying to win, he's just about useless. Yes. And so working within the confines of the construction of the 90-man roster right now, which, uh, which will be cut... To, from 90 to 85 by 3 p.m. today. Uh, working within that, Cousins, obviously, QB1, Mod QB2. That's how I arrived at that. You're muted, Declan. Hold on. There we go. There um, you new go. New microphone here. New studio. Uh, very uh, Judd-like of you. Congratulations. Very,
3: very Judd-like of me. You're 29
2: um, and, you're, and you're aging quick. It is true. Uh, I,
3: Sean Mannion does nothing for you. I mean, if right. you have to start him in a game, you're, you're shipwrecked, you're doomed. If, yep. if he wants to come back as an offensive assistant or whatever it is as a coaching staff member, I, quarterback I, would, I will welcome that. I, I am okay with that. I don't, I don't right. care that he would take up a, a coaching spot roster, but for him to take up a roster spot on one of the coveted 53 men roster uh, uh, positions on, on the Vikings, that right. causes some issues for me.
2: And here's my question. What's the point? Like, what's the point? Kirk likes uh, him?
3: Just a veteran, and he's been in the RAM system before.
2: Yeah, but I mean, he is... So so Mond's problem is that Mon Mond knows what he wants to do, but he's not there yet, right? Mm-hmm. And at times, he makes plays. But in general, Kellen Mond is a, is a tick slow because he's trying, we, we hope, he's trying to learn. Sean Mannion knows 100% what he wants to do, and he can't do it. Mm -hmm. Like, with Mond, it might come. It might not. But when it comes to Mannion, he knows exactly what he's seeing. He knows exactly how he should process. And he's 30, and he can't get there. And so I I see no point in, as far as what you just said, I don't see a point in him taking up a place on the 53 when those roster spots are pretty doggone precious. I agree. All right, to running backs. Mm -hmm. You have four
3: running backs being kept for the Vikings. This was tough. Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Canadian Nwangu, and Ty Chandler. Chandler being a rookie, both him and Nwangu had nice showings in the first preseason game. You're electing to keep Alexander Madison as well as RB2 to Dalvin Cook. But I I have a feeling Mm -hmm. all four of these running backs can figure out ways not to be on the field at the same time, but get on the field at some point and be used in Kevin O'Connell's illusion of complexity throughout right. the course of the 2022 season. Agree completely,
2: uh, completely. So in a perfect world, I would cut Ty Chandler and sign him back to the practice squad, but he puts some a pretty impressive play on film Sunday. And um, the days of the traditional bell cow running back are basically gone, right? Yeah. But what do you want? You want guys who who are, uh, to use a cliche, Swiss Army Knives. Nwongu. Ty Chandler. And so here's why I think the Vikings, in a perfect world, would keep three backs and put Chandler on the practice squad. But the issue is this. If Madison is kept and he's not being cut, like the only thing, to Phil's point, from monday show the only option there is if you don't want him trade him uh but if he's going to be kept okay he is a free agent at the end of the season he's gonna walk he's not coming back here and and you're not gonna pay him so my issue in keeping the four is if you cut ty chandler and lose him you potentially allowed a really valuable running back in your offensive scheme to be taken Mm -hmm. So I'm so I guess um, I'm trying to hedge my bets here and I'm trying to keep a guy who you're not going to cut in Madison, who certainly provides a valuable veteran backup right now. But I also don't want to get to 2023 and be like, well, uh, Madison's now with San Francisco and Ty Chandler's gone, too. And that was a really good pick. So so I guess I'm being offensively a bit selfish here by uh, protecting the the um, present and also trying to protect the future. It's not ideal, but I don't want to lose a guy like Ty Chandler.
3: Yeah, that makes sense. I, I would I would do everything in the power to keep him, too. Now that he kind of impressed in the first preseason game, to your point, he th- th- there's tape on him. Um, good college player, too. And you can find these running backs all over the draft. You definitely don't want to put him through the waiver wire and risk him going to somewhere else and him – being utilized in the role that you would like him to be utilized in your own offense, so I, right. I understand that one. Uh, exactly. Quickly on the on the fullbacks, you have C.J. Ham staying. I know you had questions if he would actually fit into KLC's offense. Looks like Kevin O'Connell loves him from C.J. Ham, uh, so Ham makes the fifty-three, one of the most versatile fullbacks and utilized fullbacks, I should say, in today's NFL, which is a rarity. But he stays put. Um, your wide receivers here. I Think this mm-hmm. is more the big, the bigger funner talker. Yep. Uh, six wide receivers being kept. Here's who you are keeping. On the fifty-three man roster, according to Judd Zolgad, CC Kevin O'Connell, CC Quesi Adolfa Mensa, uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne. No surprises here. Yep. Amir Smith Marset. No surprise. BC Johnson. Yo. And then rounding things out is Tristan Jackson. Leaving guys to be cut off the fifty-three. That'd be Dan Chisena. Is it? Was it Chis,
2: Chisena? Chisena. Chisena.
3: Just saying it wrong for years
2: chisna. i've said chisna and uh-huh. i was that's just a thousand percent wrong and wrong, here's the worst wrong. part no one corrected us yeah no one corrected
3: us no one corrected us at all
2: uh also not know. making the 53 rookie Jalen naylor rookie
3: thomas hennigan uh rookie myron mitchell myron mitchell was was drafted by the vikings this year
2: is that correct uh no. He, no no he's no he is uh he has i think been on practice squad
3: okay and then uh Blake Prohl, who's on the PUP list currently, yeah, uh, great no singing chance. voice, uh, and then Albert Wilson. So, yes. you, again, just six receivers you end up keeping are Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Amir Smith-Marset, B.C. Johnson, Tristan Jackson.
2: Your reasoning for keeping the last three as to round out your, uh, your wide receiver group. And just quickly, Myron Mitchell signed as an undrafted free agent uh, in 2021. All right, so this is a controversial list. Uh, one, one because to the team's credit, it's pretty damn good. Like, yeah. I like what they have here. The top is very good, and I feel that there are um, a few very le- legitimate prospects. Um, I don't think B.C. Johnson at, at wide receiver five is shocking. Like, I don't think that's controversial. Uh, Tristan Jackson is, and here's where so far, and this could change. By the way, this, this list is subject to change. I'm giving you what I've seen in practices and one game, and the practices weigh a lot. Tristan Jackson had a nice game, had a good game on Sunday. More importantly, he has what I like to call football. He has flashed in practice. He's Flash, impressed me. My favorite superhero. Look, there's, there's 90 guys there, okay? There's 90 guys, and Tristan Jackson has made plays where I'm like, oh, wow, that's impressive. Um, he is a guy who, at the bottom of the depth chart, w- would have to contribute, no question, on special teams. But he's also a guy who I think has shown enough potential where there are guys at the top of this list who are aging, feeling. Um, Osborne's going to need a contract at some point, and Jefferson's going to get paid, right? Yes. So a Tristan Jackson intrigues me a lot. Now, the toughest cut for me personally... And and the one where I'm not convinced, I'm right, Jalen Naylor, sixth-round pick, good yeah. speed, another guy who um, I certainly think that the Vikings are going to try to get through to practice squad. But that being said, I if, if there's a, a race here that we're going to see play out in practice, especially this week, though San Francisco practices, Declan, extremely important. I, I would say that they're as important or more so than the actual game on Saturday. But um, Jackson and Naylor could change, like, they could flip-flop. Um, I, Albert Wilson caught two touchdowns against, um, against the Raiders on Sunday. He's 30. I believe he's in his eighth year. As I explained to you and Phil on Monday, there's no real upside here. Like, when, when we're talking about uh, Jackson, Naylor, there's huge upside. There's, like, yeah. all of this. My God, they're fast. They can improve. Albert Wilson, to me, is is a camp body, and there is a reason why he's playing late in games, and that's not because he's going to carve out a place on the 53. Uh, besides that, though, Mitchell's played well at times. I think you could probably get him through to practice squad. Mm-hmm. There is also a trick here. So, so we're going to go from 90 to 85 today, five guys, which will be simple. We're going to go from a week from today, Tuesday of next week, 85 to 80. And then the following Tuesday, which I think is the last Tuesday in August, we're going to go from 80 to 53. And the trick is this, and teams count on on this, because teams are so focused on their own guys, Mm -hmm. unless they have a young player who absolutely has continued to flash, they will cut him often because the market becomes so flooded on that day wow. with players right. that the team's focus is on signing their own guys back. Sure. So like if Carolina has a guy that you like, but you have a guy at the same position, you're going to try and get your guy on your practice squad. Right. Now yeah, yeah. now sense, yeah. Chandler to me is a bit of a wild card cuz I think the skill set could intrigue teams, but as far as a guy like Naylor goes or Jackson, I think what they're going to try to do in keeping uh, six receivers, Declan, at the wide receiver position, um, I think what they're going to do is count on the market being so flooded with players at that spot that they can get one of those through to practice squad. That makes sense.
3: I'm not exaggerating when I say this. I think Amir Smith-Marset would legitimately be the second or first best wide receiver if he was a Chicago Bear right now. And that's a credit to the Vikings' receiving group—that's also a, I guess, disservice to what the Bears are trying to do at least in 2022. Two, and, two or three for sure. Uh, right. it, it's it's actually incredible that the Vikings have a legitimate uh, plethora of these great wide receivers. Yeah, Tristan Jackson would obviously be the shocker, you know, quote unquote shocking one right. here, and this is still subject to change. To your point, I think Jalen Naylor and Thomas Hennigan probably have the more inside route to get back onto this 53 if you were to make another draft which you said you're going to do Naylor for his punt returning ability or uh, excuse me Hennigan for his punt returning ability and Jalen Naylor I don't know I just I I can see him kind of vaulting himself back up with some more impressive practices and maybe a a good showing in a preseason game but I think mostly those first five you know, B.C. isn't in pen necessarily, but he certainly is in pencil. You know, they like to use that cliche in spring yep. training with baseball. T- you know, he's not in pen, but he's in pencil right now. And I think I'd be pretty surprised if he was erased. So I think your wide receiving groups here is is pretty dead on. So I, I don't I'm not too surprised by any of the camp cuts there.
2: And I, I think um, it looks like un- unless he completely falls apart, uh, Amir Smith-Marset is going to return punts. H- Hennigan, to me, is a classic practice squad guy. Yeah, like you like him, and he's going to get through. Like yeah, I would does. be, I, I would be floored if he got claimed. Might be the next Chad Beebe, but um, but the key thing there is, yes, he might be. You're not wrong. Cut again, by the way. Amir Smith Marset is going to have to show because that's a tough job. The punt return job um, is tough. He's going to have he's going to have to show he can be reliable, and that is difficult because the one thing is you can't. Fumble the ball because all hell breaks loose, as we know. Uh,
3: your tight end group: you have Herb Smith Jr., Johnny Munt, and Zach Davidson making the fifty-three man roster. Yep. Percentage-wise, what is the chance that Zach Davidson does make this fifty-three? Like as of, as it stands right now, to Judd Zoldek, right. what what is? Because I think it's, this is another guy that's probably in pencil. He certainly isn't in pen to make the roster. Right. He, I think the only reason he would is if Herb Smith's injury lingers, and it's by default you need bodies at tight end, right? So what, right. what would, what's kind of the percent chance do you think uh, Division Two stud slash punter Zach Davidson makes this
2: 53-man roster? So here's where I'm at a bit of a crossroads in, in this. And the decision to keep Zach is a little bit controversial. So if you look at the Vikings depth chart, official, which was uh, put out punt, before, before, be punter, the, back before the game. No, no. <laughs> um, ben Ellefson is ahead of Davidson. Okay. But here's what I'll say. In watching practices, I've seen Davidson flash more, mm. um, and I and I would guess that those two are fairly closely equated. So I mean, it probably comes down to a certain point to blocking, right? But I gave Davidson the nod for right now based on what I've seen with my own two eyes, because the depth chart would say different. And for the most part, I will defer to the depth chart. Sure. Uh, um, but Davidson has a skill set and an, an athletic ability that intrigues me. And I don't think I have noticed Ellison really much, if at all. Davidson, and it's not like he's doing great stuff, but he's made some catches. He's done enough where where I think that there's going to be I- intrigue there. And I do think that, without question, they're going to keep three guys at tight end, especially because there's probably going to be some question marks about if Irv Smith uh, can play in, in Week 1 against the Packers.
3: Listen here, kids. Judd Zolget has uh, been covering a lot of training camps and practices for years. Yeah. Here, he's come up with numerous depth charts. You know, this is this kind of reminds me of when Judd's Hockey Show likes to make line combinations. And Judd, we are like a month away from preseason hockey. So, line combinations. If you're a Judd's Hockey Show fan, you're watching this video right now. Oh, they'll they'll be back. Marco just Russ. just just be patient. A little bit more patience here, darling. Patience, darling. Patience. Little We're gonna patience. have some line combinations ah. in about a month here. Uh, Judd to round out your offensive line and the offensive position group players on your 53. You are yes, keeping sir. 10 offensive linemen. I'll run yep. through the names here. Yep. You have Christian Derrissaw, Ezra Cleveland, Garrett Bradbury, Ed Ingram, Brian O'Neill. I think those first five guys are also by default, maybe your five starters that you're kind of projecting to oh, yeah. for week one. That's correct. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. And then the other five linemen that you're keeping on the 53 as hashtag depth guys, uh, Blake Brandle Chris Reed, Austin Schlotman, mm-hmm. Jesse Davis, Oli Udo. So, yes. potential cuts there on your list include Wyatt Davis, third round pick from last year. He's uh, not Ka- going to make the team. Kyle Hinton, yep. Josh Sokol. Your decisions on keeping those 10 players on your offensive line and your moving company.
2: So, th- this was <laughs> Thanks, PA. This this was actually pretty simple. Um the, the first 5 are the for right now, tentative starters. Bradbury, by the way, is not safe here. But until there until there's a significant enough change on the, the roster, again, much like with Mond and Mannion, by default, I'm going with what's there. Um, the last five are the second team guys, and uh, between Reed, Slotman, and Davis, there is a lot of versatility there as well. So, it, it, so because I mean, that's the the backup offensive lineman what becomes most important there is ability to play different spots right like a guy gets hurt at guard you got to play guard a guy gets hurt at center um i think of all the positions i did decks outside of like fullback which is is to your point not really sexy not really fun um i think of all the positions i did this was the simplest one offensively Hmm. Uh, Wyatt Davis has, I don't think he comes back to the practice squad. I think he is a bust. I, wow. I don't I don't think either. I mean, two coaching staffs with very different philosophies on life are basically saying you can't play. Mm-hmm. That's a very damning comment for a third-round pick. Um, I, I think there's uh, some practice squad ability here. Josh Sokol, who has not been great in training camp at times, but was, I think, pretty, he represented himself pretty well For a rookie, especially an undrafted guy, on Sunday, Uh, Josh Sokol, to me, is a classic practice squad center who you will look to develop. And look, you know what? Centers come in all shapes and sizes, and they, they come through all different means. And I don't think that there's a chance on God's green earth that Josh Sokol is going to play a regular season snap in 2022. I think there's a very good chance he gets stashed on practice squad, and I think there's a very good chance eventually he could be in the competition down the road for that, that job. But for the most part, there was not one cut I made here where I stopped myself and thought, you know, that's a little bit difficult to cut that guy. Everyone I cut is and, and it's not that they're all that that they all stink. I think it's that it pretty is uh it's pretty explanatory how the offensive line that's currently on the roster would fall out okay uh Wyatt
3: Davis the 86th overall pick in the 2021 Horrible draft roster. um I'm not 100 percent sure on this but he's got to be one of the highest players then cut from his that draft class in just 16 17 months since that 2021 draft class took place so Pretty rough go of it for Wyatt Davis. Judd, halftime through your 53-man roster. We'll get yes, to sir. some defensive starters here in a minute. You had to make some uh, roster cuts here on the offensive defensive side. How did you make a roster cut with your weight loss? What, what, did, uh, what did you end up doing there?
2: Well, you know what? I did not come to myself and say, how can I lo- lose weight? Because I've struggled with weight my entire life until I found my friends at Livia Weight Control Centers. And again, it's centers. It's not It's not a fad diet. It is weight control centers to drop 40 pounds, and most importantly now, keep that weight off, because that's the toughest thing. Like, we've all lost weight, and guess what? We gain weight weight back. In fact, my success was so great that Dawn said, I'd like to drop weight too. And I said, that's no problem. She's down um, 14 pounds, so... As I, I keep saying, teamwork in the Zolgad household has us down a combined 50-plus f- pounds, feeling great, fitting back into clothes. And now I want you to join us on, on a weight loss journey, which is fantastic. And it's the anniversary sale right now. Join the Livia program, 50% off. I just said 50% off. What a deal. 855 go L I V E A Livia.com dot com. is definitely worth a woo, and weight loss makes you feel great.
3: All right, let's uh, continue down the 53-man roster side. Go to the defensive side of the ball from Ed Donatel's side. Defensive line, you are keeping six players on the defensive line in Armand Watts, Harrison Phillips, mm-hmm. Dalvin Tomlinson, mm-hmm. Jonathan Bullard, TJ Smith, James Lynch. I feeling, I have a feeling... Even some diehard Vikings fans, Jonathan Bullard, TJ Smith. I've heard of James Lynch because he actually had a nice little showing when he's been called right. upon. Uh, but your decision to keep those
2: guys on the defensive line. All right, so I base this one solely off the depth chart because it's more interior play. Okay. So so I basically deferred to the depth chart here. T.Y. McGill flashed and played very well on Sunday, Okay. But I believe he also is going into his eighth year, and he's like bounced around. Um, and so unless he just continues to play lights out, he's the type of guy who was playing when he was playing in that game for a reason, which is not good. Like like it's the well, it's good to get film, impressive film. But when you're in late, that's be- because like the coaching staff is doing you a favor. But it doesn't mean that you're going to make that team's roster. But again, because of the intricacies of these positions, and and unless a guy is just dominant, it's hard to tell. Full disclosure here: in coming up with the last uh, three of these six, I deferred to the depth chart, mm-hmm. so things could change. It's just very, it's very hard in practice because we're we're like on the sideline. It can be difficult in practice to get a true read on, on, like, a push, unless a guy like Bradbury just gets destroyed, in which case it's not. Uh, but, yeah, this is more as opposed to, uh, well, you know, uh, TJ Smith, I saw some things. This is more of a he's higher on the depth chart, and I think in this case you probably have to pay attention to that.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm going to combine the inside and outside linebackers here. I'll start with the outside and then work okay. my way in, for
2: okay. lack of a better word.
3: On the outside linebackers, you have Daniil Hunter, Zadarius Smith, mm-hmm. Patrick Jones II, and DJ Wanham being your quote-unquote outside linebackers. On the inside of this new scheme, you have Eric Kendricks, Jordan Hicks, Brian Asamoah, Troy Dye,
2: and Blake Lynch. Troy dye's camp is not actors. Troy dye's camp has not impressed me, but here's the thing with uh with keeping five inside linebackers Both. that I think is, is important. Special teams. Oh, special okay. teams. Like you've got to have quality there. And so like, do I like Troy Dye a lot at that position? Yeah, necessarily. Do I think that he probably brings knowledge and smarts and, and good special team skills? Yes, I do. Uh, The toughest cut on the outside linebackers, Zach McCloud. He he was signed, I think, to a pretty hefty undrafted free agent deal from Miami. Uh, He has made plays in camp. I think he, again, to go back to my point about when the market is flooded and the cut down from 80 to 53, I think Zach McCloud, in that cut down, you can get through. Mm. So, like, in a perfect world, I'd keep him on – the 53, it's not a perfect world. So I think that he's the type of guy who you are probably going to, A, try to hide a, a bit, and B, try to get through to the practice squad. Inside linebackers cut, the most intriguing one to me, because, Declan, this continues the path down the third round of 2021, Chaz Surratt. Yeah. Uh, Chaz Surratt, I think, played quite a bit on Sunday. I, think he, I don't think he's going to make th- this team. Um and he's the guy who what was a college quarterback was converted to linebacker, yeah. another Spielman guy like Wyatt Davis Chaz Surratt. Um, I think Chaz Surratt is going to be cut though.
3: Okay, well, I might be wrong, but could be wrong. Just
2: You've been wrong before. Been oh wrong yeah, before. I, every Wednesday uh, I
3: admit it. And on Thursday, with old tweets exposed, we like to expose yeah, our wrongness. To that. we, like, we like we like we accountability for That's it, right. and then we also expose our That's wrongness. What for we do, to be exposed to the fraud. Yep. sorry, I'll ask your permission next time. I can put a tweet on a graphic for you. All right, uh, five cornerbacks. That's five my cornerbacks. proprietary, you jerk. Sorry, you are keeping. You have Patrick <laughs> Peterson, you have yep. Cam Dantzler, Chandon Sullivan, Andrew Booth Jr., the rookie, and a Caleb Evans, a rookie. So those are your five cornerbacks you elect to keep on the fifty-three.
2: Yes, I'm cutting Chris Boyd. um, And I am uh, cutting a guy that played a bit last year, fifth-round pick 2020, Harrison Hand. Let's talk about Boyd. Yeah. Number one, I might be leaving the cornerback depth a little bit short. I put Boyd in the the made-the-team, and then I took him off, and then I think I put him back on, and then I think I took him back off. Um, he, He is a special teams guy. Here's what I... Here's Boyd. Boyd, I think, is liked by his teammates, and I think that he can bring some things. I don't think he's a particularly good cornerback, and I don't know that he's a particularly good special teams guy. <laughs> and so um, I basically deferred special teams-wise, right or wrong, to Troy Dye there. Okay. Uh, now, you could make a case, though, that they should be keeping six corners. And and um, I might be wrong on that one. A Caleb Evans, though, beats out Boyd because he's their draft pick. I yeah, think was, they like him. He looked good too. Yeah. And so so um there is a chance that Troy Die goes and Boyd stays. I just think that die and it, it's not a sexy job. I think Die does more than Boyd does for the to the actual benefit of the team on Sunday in places that we really don't watch as as fans or in our jobs.
3: Well, it's a good segue, too, because your four safeties you are keeping are obviously Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, and then yep. Lewis Seen and Josh Metellus. And Lewis Seen has some experience playing some cornerback and just being the Swiss army knife on defense. Right. So you, you can kind of even use like right, like as a utility guy for the, for the most part. And I don't mean to discredit him as a utility player when I'm saying no. that. I, I mean, the, the dude's got experience playing all over the field. So your four safeties that you keep are Harrison Smith, Cam Bynum, Lewis Seen, Josh Metellus. And Louis Seen, I feel like, is that floater where he could be a cornerback, he could be a safety. For God's sake, sakes, I wouldn't rule out him being a linebacker. He's played snaps all three of those positions yes. too. So, yes. so those are the reasons also, and those are the players, excuse me, that you're keeping at safety as well.
2: Yes, and I I think Scene is going, and total guess here, because they have not practiced this in front of us. But okay. they aren't always going to practice things that they don't want us to, to see and report Sorry, okay, on. Um, yeah, I've been saying since he was drafted. If you look at Asamoah and Seen, body type-wise, very similar. Um, I think that they're, at some point in time, going to unveil what becomes a three-safety package um, with Smith as a floater, but Seen as a linebacker. So I think you're exactly right. I think you're exactly right. As far as cornerback goes, that's a good question. I don't know that he can cover NFL receivers consistently, but he definitely can cover some guys. Um, And then... Josh Metellus, who did not impress on Sunday, but is a second team's safety, I think they, they like. Uh, but, you know, depending on the route that they choose to go, Dex, I think you could also sort of group in uh, uh, Troy Die, Chris Boyd, and Metellus as, like, potential special teams guys on the bubble. Yeah. Um, but if you don't keep Metellus, you're keeping three safeties, which seems really short. So I I kept four. So a lot of this just came down to two things on defense. Special teams, contributions, and giving yourself depth. So if guys go down, you don't have to take a player who's not a safety and put him there. Okay. Yeah. No. I respect that. And look,
3: cornerback, defensive back is maybe the most suspect position on this uh, on this Vikings team going into 2022. Yep. And they got to get creative, dude. The, the defensive line—it's kind of—it's—it's it's almost a Absolutely. chain reaction. The defensive line has to get after the quarterback. Because if they don't, if Darius Smith, Daniel Hunter, and company do not get after the quarterback, oh boy, uh, teams are going to be passing all day against this. Well, and
2: Cam Dantzler has to play well. That's true too. Look, well, like they've got guys behind Cam who I think might be good. Mm-hmm and who are, are um, trying to learn on the job. But if Cam Dantzler does not hold up, and I think he will, but if he does not, you are probably in trouble.
3: Okay. Uh, last three spots here. Special teams, baby. Yep. Special teams around round out the 53-man roster. Greg men, Joseph, m- m- Mr. Mis- I know we can't really give him credit for being yarder. a Mr. Mankato. The dude is having a hell of a 60 camp.
2: 60-yarder on yeah.
3: Thursday. 60 yard.
2: Just with room to spare.
3: Jordan Berry as your punter, yep. and then Andrew—is uh, it DePaula? That sounds good. Yeah. I, okay, again, Andrew I DePaula as, as, as your as your uh, as your long snapper. So those are your three yep. guys. Uh, no
2: real surprises.
3: No battles in special teams really that are tr- taking place that are significant this year.
2: Yeah, it's weird. So they they've got a punter Ryan Wright who I think probably will get cut today, and they kept him around, and I'm not exactly sure why. But uh, yeah, I think that this one is going to sort itself out pretty easily. Jordan Berry also, and this is another extremely important part of his job, is the holder on field goal attempts and extra points. And that chemistry there, um, as we have learned from Zimmer, like among the many things, one of the most important things is this. The chemistry between long snapper, holder and kicker is extremely oh, it's, important. It's huge. But I mean Mike used to goof with it. Ah, I'm mad at my long snapper. Let's get a new one in. Okay, he might be good, but he's got a different routine, right? Right. Right. So, so it's not just it's the kicker, it's the punter. No, it's an actual three-man group that you want to get in a groove and leave them the hell alone. Yeah, Mike. So, what well, but I mean The the problem with specialists is you can't get mad and make changes on a whim. The change has to be made because something has really gone wrong, and you think it's unsalvageable. Right. Um, Which, you know, I mean, Joseph missed some kicks, but it was never like, oh, my God, he's terrible. So, yeah, so the three specialists, I think, are going to be absolutely fine, and I I would expect them all to have very decent seasons, if not very good seasons in Greg Joseph's case. Well, there you have it. There's Judd Zogan's
3: 53-man roster. 40 minutes of breaking of And we're only football. starting. Things will change. Breakdown. I know. You're going to do a lot of different mock drafts here uh, of this. What, cut down date? There's one today. There's going to be yeah. more coming up throughout the weeks. And then we yep. get closer and closer to that 53-man roster. 49ers practice this week. I wonder if the old Kirky boy and Kyle Shannon are going to sit down on a local Chili's and, uh, you know, reminisce about the good old days. I just hope Kirky is uh... – recovered completely from his bout with COVID. This is true, too. Yeah, you know, can't be getting people sick. That's that's for sure as well. Um, all right. Well, Mackey's going to join us on the second half of the of the audio edition here on the podcast, and also there will be a video dropping later uh, this evening, too, on right guard pecking order. The last, the ten, quote or eight, I think there's eight guys, the eight best right guards the Vikings have been trotting out over the last ten years. It was inspired by Ed Ingram, who now might be giving the Vikings knock on wood some stability Amen. at that position that the Vikings have not had in like Amen. the last 10 years. So hopefully mm-hmm. that's the case bonus scoops too, with Darren Doogie Wolfson dropping on this channel and on our podcast, if you hit the subscribe button, I think we're closing in on like 18,000 subscribers right here on our YouTube channel. So thank you very much. Help us get there. Uh, hit the subscribe button daily, Minnesota sports entertainment. We will be back later.
1: Gentlemen, it is a pecking order Tuesday here on Mackie and Joe, where we like to rank things, sometimes uh, sometimes randomly, sometimes relevantly. And uh, I think this might be a combination of both here. So mm-hmm. we did a deep dive on Ed Ingram and the current state of the Vikings offensive line on Purple Daily uh, this week. And in that deep dive, I told you, it's been nine years since the Vikings had back-to-back seasons with the same right guard playing a majority of the snaps. 2013 was the last time this happened. So uh, our thoughts about the revolving door at that position are spot on. It has been literally a revolving door for almost a decade at right guard. And it's not like left guard has been stabilized. You know, Ever since Steve Hutchinson left, it's not like we've had a five-year run of the same left guard. And maybe finally with Ezra Cleveland going into his second season as the starting left guard, maybe that happens. But uh, so before we get to the packing order, How does that sit with you? Nine years, almost a decade of revolving right guards on this team. Well, first of all, it doesn't surprise me because we we have discussed
2: this numerous times for like the last five or six years. Uh, But it doesn't sit well with me because I I don't understand. Look, my second year on the Vikings beat, which was Childress's first year, and the man signed Steve Hutchinson, a Mm. Hall of Fame guard. And that was really the first time I think a guard really got paid. Like a guard got paid, right? And all Vikings fans can go back to that time and say, oh my God, that offensive line became extra special when Hutch signed. And to have Brad get fired and, and Spielman get control of the roster and ignore a guard hasn't made sense. Like it's it's a complete cliche But there is a lot of valuable reality to success starts up front. Like, that's not BS. That's absolutely true. So I guess it's a frustration that this team, especially interior line, um, for so many years has decided, we'll gamble there. You know, I will always go back to Spielman or somebody calling Ole Udo a tackle and saying, you're going to now play right guard. And he's probably like, what? I can barely play tackle, dude. (laughs) So it doesn't sit well.
1: I don't know why I'm in the league, quite frankly. But
2: okay, that sounds good. And you know what? He's been moved back to tackle, and I think he's a backup, and I think he's fine there. But yeah, yeah, it doesn't sit well because I will never understand,
1: especially
2: when you end up signing a quarterback to the contract that Kirk got, how you can't say, we need to put a premium now on protecting that guy.
1: Yeah. Well, maybe they have finally done it. Maybe Ed Ingram is the multi-year solution second round draft pick. Maybe he's the multi-year solution at right guard. I think he is. I think he's shown up in the offseason workouts in the first preseason game. Uh, we will find out if he actually makes it to the top of the right guard mountain here for the week one game against Green Bay. But in the meantime, I have for you guys mm-hmm. a ranking of all of the guys who have played right guard or the guys who played the majority of the snaps at right guard in a season Dating back to 2013, ranked from worst to best. Football. Some of these names you're going to have forgotten about, and I will trigger your memory. Some of them you will laugh at. There's a couple that you might not remember how well they actually did play. Hasn't been a total dumpster fire for those nine years. But let's start at the bottom. We'll start at the bottom of the porta potty here, the right guard porta potty. (laughs) The absolute worst right guard of the last nine years for the Vikings. Can you guess? Oleudo, It is not Oleudo. This right. is partially my opinion, but it's also rooted in oh. PFF data, just um. so you know. This gentleman, little random Viking of the I week. Feel like I, free. Say. I feel like I should This gentleman ranked dead last among 63 guards who played at least half the snaps in the season I'm talking about. He allowed 46 pressures, which was the most by far among guards in the league. And I think he was really oh. bad the year before in part-time duty, that and cl- the Vikings brought him back in inexpl- No, <laughs> Pat Elflein. No, that, no, that's no. He was a left guard. He, he played left guard. Who is it? Dakota Dozier. Oh, uh, see, I knew Dakota I would. I Dozier. knew I would forget. <laughs> oh. yeah.
2: I have actually tried uh. to purge this all from
1: my cranium. Two thousand twenty. I'm right. going to give you the the because there's a couple guys that do show up on this twice or one for sure. So I'm going to give you the the year and the name. All right, so 2020 Dakota Dozier is the worst. He was the worst right guard in the NFL, just straight up. Okay, number eight is 2021 Oli Udo. He was bad. He wasn't quite Dakota Dozier bad, but he was rated 53rd out of 63 qualified guards, and he allowed 45 pressures, which is the fifth most of any guard in pass protection. This is really depressing. Keep going. Okay, number seven here. 2016 Brandon Fusco. I think this is post pectoral injury Brandon Fusco. Friend of the show. Friend is of Deacon the show likes to say. Great guy, all-time great guy. And uh, and he was rated 52nd out of 62 guards in 2016, 34 pressures allowed and he missed a few games and still had the 14th most pressures allowed among any guard left or right in the NFL. Okay. Mm. Okay. All right, number 6. 2019, Josh Klein, or That's as Judd called him, the guy from the Titans. Yeah,
2: Klein. I I couldn't Klein. remember how, how to pronounce Clean. it. I, I thought it was a weird pronunciation, but I've just again purged it from my mind. Is it? I thought it was Klein. Is it not Klein? You're it's probably Klein. Right. I'm just no, it's Klein. I'm it's just def- saying. Definitely Josh I've Klein. I just purged it from my memories because I just don't need to
1: remember it anymore. Josh Kleinay.
2: <laughs> yeah. He was
1: rated 37 for the Montreal <laughs> Canadiens.
2: Kleinay down the wing.
1: Uh, he was rated, uh, not too bad, 37th out of 63 guards in 2019, so you know, below average. Here's the thing, though. He, so he combined the games that he didn't play. Guess who did? Dakota Dozier was the other starting right oh. guard. Klein played the majority. Dozier played some. And combined, if you, if you add them up to equal one right guard, they allowed 39 pressures, sixth most in the NFL among guards in 2019.
2: I got a question for you. Do, do you re- recall? And I don't know if this applies to Dex too. It probably does. But when we were in high school, they they used to like show you scared straight films. Like oh, yeah. don't don't drive like a fool. Don't yeah. do drugs. DMVs. How do you how do you watch the Dakota Dozier film and not get scared straight on Right Guard? <laughs> they brought him back. No, I know, but like, they how do you watch back. that? And then you're like, "What should we do this year?" Ole Udo, I love that idea. Like, how do you not immediately go out and spend some serious cash on a right guard after watching the complete train wreck? God bless him. I'm sure he's a great guy. That was Dakota Dozier.
1: Yeah, it's part of, part of the dare program. Dare to keep Dakota Dozier off your offensive line. The video that stands out the most to me from Driver's Ed when I was
3: 15 was the one, and it's in an it's an Irish commercial. Like, it's in set in Ireland. And it's like Irish police officers, and basically one person in the car of the people that are five. There's five people in the car, and one didn't wear a seatbelt. And throughout this crash, this person is just a projectile missile that kills every person in the car. And it was it like stood out. I'm it's laughing, like, but it's pinballing still still around laughing. or how? Yes. Yes, and, it, and like to wow. just point, like it stood out to me so yeah. much. I was like, man, everyone better be buckled in this car because I'm not going to be yep. killed by the projectile that that is that is the human body that's
2: going to be. Ireland's out too. Then it. you're not dr- yeah. g- going to go drive there. No, 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 no.
1: Dude, they would. I remember. had yeah, Driver's Ed. They would show video and photos of just mangled cars, like jaws yeah. of life situations, and I think they right. may have showed us some dead bodies. I, I can't fully remember, Ugh. but. Their whole goal was to scare you into driving 32 miles an hour in the in the right lane anyhow. Um okay, um number 5, as we count our way from the worst to best air quotes for best. Right. Revolving door right guards. Another one that I totally forgot about, but he was a free agent signing before the 2018 season, Mike Remmers, Oh yeah. Eventually started in a Super Bowl. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and geez.
2: didn't they? Didn't they? When was it? Nick Easton got hurt. So, somebody got hurt late in seventeen, and they like moved him around, and he went from yeah. being serviceable to being bad. Mm. He got moved to like a tackle. There, there was some weird, or yeah. or he moved from tackle to guard.
3: Something
2: was. Wrong it was very
1: dumb. It. it didn't work out well yeah. <laughs> at all. It didn't work out as intended. It was well, very dumb. At guard, he was thirty uh, sixth among fifty six guards. So you know, not a total train wreck, okay. but definitely below average. He allowed 42 pressures that season, which was the third most among all of the guards. Okay,
2: that's where he shouldn't have
1: been moved. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's where they shouldn't have moved him. Yeah. Okay, number four here, another name that I totally forgot about. Not a total train wreck. Michael Harris in 2015. Michael Harris. Was the starting Mm -hmm. right guard. So 32nd out of 67 guards, according to Pro Football Focus. And he allowed only twenty seven pressures, which was smack dab in the middle of the sixty seven guards. He was he basically hurt. a league average right guard. He got hurt, right? I don't think he's played I, since then. Too. I thought he
2: suffered some type of brain aneurysm yeah. or something. I think he's a high i think if I'm on the right guy here, I think he's now like a assistant coach at Hopkins high School or something but yes he he was he was the definition of of serviceable there, and I think if they'd been given the opportunity, they would have stuck with him,
1: yeah. Uh and we've made it to the top three here, okay? These are the the three best quote unquote revolving door right guards the Vikings have had oh, yeah. since two thousand thirteen. And uh these top three, I would uh I would probably bet the under on pressures allowed compared to the others. Declan, where can where can people maybe do that? They can do
3: that at underdog fantasy, the best and easiest way to play fantasy sports. And you know what? Let's uh let's highlight my guy Hayden here. He sent in this slip for me. We, we say, nice. show us your cans on Surly. Show me your slips. I want, I want to see your betting slips here, okay? Yeah, show, eh, that's okay. Show me your slips because Hayden cashed out a $5 bet for a $100 five-leg parlay here. He had over Jalen Naylor, under Chris Archer pitch count, which is the easiest under of all time, over of 102 passing yards for Kellen Mond, over 33 rushing and receiving. That's right, rushing and receiving. Underdog provides that for Ty Chandler. And then over six and a half points for Carlos Correa. A $5 bet for my guy Hayden. Turned into 100 bucks for him. So shout out to him from Underdog Fantasy. You can get in on this action too. You can download the Underdog Fantasy app. Use promo code SCORE when you enter. And they'll match your first deposit up to $100. Some great pick options. Fantasy football. If there's plenty of options on Underdog Fantasy. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app.
1: Guys, also, hey ED doesn't have to be this embarrassing thing that you hide from. That you just kind of put off. You know, a fix for. So Valley Park Medical Clinic is dedicated to providing breakthrough ED remedies to men in the greater Minneapolis area. It's the only clinic in Minnesota to use the True Pulse Protocol, one of the most effective solutions for ED available. The treatments are surgery free, drug free, and non invasive. Non invasive is a very good thing to hear when you're talking about that region. Valley Park Medical Clinic's team is highly trained. They will work with you in a discreet manner. Valley Park Medical That's Valley Park Medical Okay. 2014, Joe Berger and Vladimir Dukas.
2: Oh, yeah. Vlad- as a combo. Vlad Dukas, who went on oh. to play for the Bears. Joe Berger was, was Ooh, dare sounds- I say it? Good Yeah, in was that good.
1: position. Yes. So Joe Berger was 22nd out of 64 guards. Uh, Vladimir Dukas was 60th out of 64. So he brought the the curve down. Uh, they had 31 combined pressures allowed, which is the 14th most. So Berger was fine. Dukas was kind of a train wreck. Yep. That was 2014. Fast forward, 2017 Joe Berger is number two on this list. But there was a two-year gap. He didn't He didn't start year after. It wasn't like a five-year run or anything for Joe Berger at right guard. Doesn't, wasn't he? He played some he left guard, played some center for a while. He was a, a center was at a one center. point, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Career
2: backup, I think, until then, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. So he was in 2017. This was the 13-3 and three season. He was 11th out of 63 guards, only allowed 23 pressures, which is about half as many as some of these other slappies have allowed in recent seasons. So a, a genuine, good, solid
3: Oh no, we lost oh, Phil's no, microphone. No, Phil, your microphone you, Phil. got disconnected from Chicago Matt Eberflus Phil, has uh has infiltrated your microphone. Phil, Bear down. get that microphone connected. We got to
2: hear we got to hear the last couple.
3: Bear get down. that microphone plugged back in. Come on, Ryan Poles and Matt. What is is it Eberflus going... or is it Eberflus?
2: Nope. I've heard two different pronunciations. I thought it was it Eberflus. Today. I watched on Saturday and er Friday, Saturday, Sunday combined. Mm-hmm. No fewer than parts of seven to eight games. That's incredible. I have become a loser. Like, I am the biggest loser in the history of lo- losers. Think about that. Eight preseason games. Yes, Phil, are you back? I
1: You're think back. so. I don't know what happened. Okay. Back. That was You're a back. Weird. I don't know. Well, you got no, disconnected. I'm like, like we could, well, I'm like, maybe my cord is... Uh, like, we could see you talking, oh, but we couldn't okay. hear you. In need of a replace. Maybe my cord is much... Is the decoded dozer of microphone oh, cords no. here. Uh-huh. No, I'm not quite well. sure what's yeah. happening. Yeah, Joe you know, Phil Mackey well, here, here right for uh, you know, whoever makes Brad this cord is. Whoever makes
2: these cords, I got a new one
1: <laughs> for uh, Amazon. Cords on Amazon dot com. Oh, like so Joe Berger, not too bad. And then the best revolving door right guard the Vikings have had in the last nine years is two thousand thirteen Brandon Fusco. So he shows up earlier in the list as one of the worst in two thousand sixteen, but before yeah. the pectoral injury and some of the other stuff. Yeah. Brandon Fusco was rated 7th out of 62 guards in 2013. Only 23 pressures allowed, which was top 15 in the NFL. Uh, that's, I th- I would say, 7th out of 62 guards. <clears throat> excuse me. And, and he was really good in pass protection. Yep. Borderline elite. Borderline elite right guard play for that one season from Brandon Fusco. So 2017, when they went to
2: the conference championship game, the offensive line, as I recall, until late in that season, was was um, Elfline as a rookie at center, and he was mm-hmm. actually serviceable then. He, he, he got hurt, and after that, was absolutely not the same player. Was Remmers at right tackle initially? I think I, so. And, and then the, the right guard was Easton? Is that what you said?
1: I think that's correct. Okay. Oh, no, so, not Easton. Easton was, in, in this period, Easton was not yeah. a right okay, guard. So Easton From, was the left guard? Reef, at,
3: Reef at left tackle, yep. Remmers at left guard, Elfine at center, Berger at yep. right guard, Rashad Hill started a right tackle in that game.
2: Okay, and and yeah, and Remmers had been the right tackle until Easton got hurt, and then they swung him to guard, which, by the way, never made any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and that hurt him a lot because I think until then he, he had been holding up pretty well at right tackle. Mm-hmm. So,
1: so there Just it is. Those are, those me. are ranked worst to Didn't best. Me. The revolving door right guards, the Vikings have had since 2013. The last time they had nice the same guy take the majority of the snaps at that position Ed Ingram, please. We're begging you Make fix it stop. this position. Make it stop Ed Ingram. Please give us a multi-year solution at right guard. We are begging you. Kirk Cousins is begging you.
2: Just know right what. Guard. Just be. Just be good. You don't have to be great. Just be good.
1: Yeah. Just be. What I think it should just be Berger. Just be Joe Berger. Which is what? Which was what? Seven years ago on the PFF. Well, first? Joe. So Joe Berger was in 2014. He. I would take 2014 Joe Berger, 22nd out of 64 guards. That's all I want. You know what? If, if he becomes eleventh, so, I'm with you. Yeah, just be just be average, JBA. Print the shirts, JBA. <laughs> Somewhere be in before the, I sp- die, just be. I've <laughs> been told that numerous times. Just be just, average. Just, just be average, man. That'd I think I, I think among this grouping, whether it's Ed Ingram, who I think should start, or Chris Reed, Jesse Davis might just with injuries and stuff. I don't know about him, but there's got to be someone that can JBA just be average in this collection.
2: I would love though, for them to find a group of five that absolutely barring injury becomes the group. Like, that's what I want. I'm so tired of this veteran rotation. Oh, now we sign this guy. Now we sign that guy. If they could actually have drafted and developed players that are, that are from good to just be average, I would be very pleased.
1: Yeah. I will That's say, cool. like, I don't think it's all that common for, I don't think half the teams in the league are sitting on the same guard connection for five years. I, I think it's a, it right. is kind of a revolving door position to some extent because teams aren't spending first round, second round draft capital on right guards and left guards very often. There is something, I know our friend Tyler Fornis, uh, who does a ton of college football writing and scouting. Tyler Fornes, I think for a long time on his Twitter bio, it said, guards don't matter, which is kind of an over-exaggeration of something that a lot of teams do kind of believe. It's not that right. they don't matter. It's that you can just kind of go find those guys in the fifth, sixth round. But after 10 years, if that's not working, you got to go spend a second rounder. And then another, you know, Ezra Cleveland was a second rounder. So right. It, gotta it does, do what you got to do. It feels like post-Hutch that... The good guards do get
2: paid now, though, because they didn't used to. Mm -hmm. And that's the one thing is if you land on one who's good, keep him.
3: Even, I mean, Alex Boone got a four-year, what, $25 million contract six years ago. And I know that only didn't work out well necessarily for the Vikings. But, I mean, guards get paid now. Guards get
1: paid. The reason why. Uh, By the way, it is official. The... Camp KOC getting softer by the day here, so wow. no, wow. at least at least tomorrow, or I guess it would be today, Tuesday, August 16th, closed to the public, but then uh, gates open for the joint practice on a Wednesday and Thursday, so there you have it. Two big days. Two you big, big days, of your
2: days of prep.
3: Binoculars just outside the security gates, Judd, and just, just still what uh, practice. I
2: think he's giving them tomorrow off. They might meet, hmm. but I don't think, you know what? This is, if you don't like how the twins operate, you're going to hate the Vikings. <laughs> there's going to be a mm-hmm. lot of R&R here. That sounds and like I'm an not sure I disagree. I'm not sure I disagree. I
1: think that's an over-exaggeration. You know, you should maybe grab those binoculars so you can scan the earth to see if there's another insurance company better than Federated. Well,
2: I'll do that right now. Hold Newsflash,
1: on you'll be scanning for a long time. Feel glass because- and play. Federated's been around for over 100 years, helping businesses maximize their level of success through risk management tools and resources. You can find a full list of industries Federated protects to see if it meshes with your business at federatedinsurance.com. And go check out all the different tools and resources your business can get access to. Federatedinsurance.com, where it's our business to protect yours. That's the wrong looks way. small.
2: Yeah, but it looks small. It's very, very cool. <laughs>
1: That's uh that's our pecking order here. That was a good job. Thank you. That was
2: absolutely a fine job.
1: Thank you. You nailed
2: it. I think you nailed it, and I had, I got to admit, I had almost completely forgotten about until today, Dakota Dozier. I had. It wasn't that long ago. It wasn't, and it was a disaster. I think Vlad Dukas, when he started, I don't think he played that much, right? Like, I think it was just an injury. It was injury like and then or 50 he got snaps or so. It was like three, oh, was like three crap, games. So I had forgot that, too. In, in fact, he, he's the the famous one where they were talking to Teddy in the locker room. might have been Teddy's rookie year. And Teddy said, this isn't my team. This is Vlad Dukas' team. And That's the court was right. like, what are you talking about? And no, he's dude, like, it's... yeah, it's Vlad's team. It's guys like Vlad Dukas'. No
1: man, it's, you know, it's your team. Leader. It's your team, Ted. It's your team. Uh, this is Judd's team here on Mackie well, and Judd.
2: No, this is Declan's team.
1: <laughs> it's Randy and Cottage Grove. What's wrong, team, Declan? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I I can get down with that. That sounds kind of. Where nice. Where's Randy? We should get him on to preseason. The Vikings the season. played a
2: preseason game, and I feel like we.
1: Ra- Randy, it? slide slide into my DMs. Randy, we'll get we'll get you on here preview the season.
0: Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard.